this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. This is episode 142 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and many of you have been with us from the beginning, and we appreciate it. So uh, it's been a blessing. It just seems like, you know, we're closing in on 150, and it seems like just one long ago we did the 100 thing. Just yesterday. That was, I guess, almost a year ago. Well, I guess a long time ago. Yeah, a long time. So very thankful for all of our listeners and for y'all getting the word out and just continue to do that on Facebook, Twitter, text, however you do it, and just let people know so we can continue to influence them with the word of God. And there are a lot of people that really want to know that the Bible's not some cold, dusty book. It yeah. is a book that changes lives every single day. Yeah. So what we try to do on this podcast, Pops, is we just try to be really practical. Mm-hmm. And I like it. Yeah, we don't really get into, we could, I guess, get into some of the more theological nuances about things. And I guess from time to time we have we theological have that, stuff, yeah, but, but and, that, and that's a good thing. Those are conversations to be had, but we just try to take it because we, we do that. We do a lot of that in our worship services, mm-hmm. our life connection groups, discipleship groups get really theological. And, and here we try to take some of that theology and just make it real practical. Yeah, I that's think, why we call it connecting faith to life. And I do think that, that there's a place for that. You yeah. know, we, we've got to find a place where we can say, okay, these are some practical things you can yep. do. And so that this and, is our way uh, of doing help that. Us, help us do that. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, uh, I went to a school that was brand new when I, well, I shouldn't say brand new, but just you went to the very first old. school ever, didn't you? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> when the pilgrims came over, y'all got that school established yeah. there in the Plymouth colony. What was that like? Pops? That was amazing. <laughs> was. Uh, but yeah, well, it was in Virginia, uh, so oh. <laughs> Massachusetts, but anyway. It's all the same once you yeah. get past Mason Dixon line. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they said to us uh, these words. Uh, the only thing consistent here at Liberty is change. Mm. And, you know, that we are always going to be changing, and we were new, and we were changing. Well, in the Christian walk, really, we should be consistently changing. We yeah. should move from where we are to where Christ wants us to be. Yeah. So change is a big deal. So yeah. uh, as it's a Christians, big deal in life, isn't it, just changing? Exactly. And as Christians, we need to make yeah. sure that we have room for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about change today. Mm-hmm. Have you had a lot of changes yet in 2022? 2022, we will, we're, we're remodeling our house. So there's going to be a lot of change remodeling there. Remodeling house. Yeah. I thought so. y'all did that last year. No, not our house. We've never remodeled anything. That, that <laughs> we sounds... bought that house about six years ago and it's, 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 uh, we knew when we bought it, there was things that had to be done. So when I say remodel, I mean fix. <laughs> yeah. You know what I do? I'd sell it. Oh, uh, no. It's, we got too good a deal on that house. Oh, man. Yeah, right remodeling now. sounds terrible. Yeah. Just sell it, buy a new one. Well, we got a bathroom and a bedroom we can use that they're not going to be touched, so we'll be all right. We mm. can we can cook in the microwave or something. You're we'll watching a lot out. of HGTV. Well, uh, not anymore. Thank goodness we got rid of that. <laughs> got rid of the HG. Man, that's that's some channel right there, man. Oh, it just keeps you discontent all the time. Yeah, it does, and so. uh, you know, the the show that that always used to bug me on, uh, or it still bugs me. I don't, we don't watch much of it anymore. Was the House Hunter show? I, I've never liked that show for whatever well, reason. Well, you've got, you know, a, a 21-year-old couple, right? They're, they just graduated college yesterday, and they're buying the first house, and their budget's $5.4 million. And they collect stamps and butterflies. Yeah, and you're just like, what in the world? I mean, how did how? 
What are people doing when they have a $5.4 million budget for a house? Oh, I, I don't even know. Uh, that's wild. It makes no sense. Anyway, but the topic for today is change. Because because we, we believe that that Christ saved you to change you. Amen. That's right. That Transformation. That when he brought you to himself, it wasn't so that you would stay the same, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you think about passages like 2 Corinthians 5, 17, uh, that say, you know, if you're in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things are passing away and all things are becoming new, right? And the reason why I want to talk about this today is that if you're with us on Sunday mornings, if you're you know here at Northwood or if you maybe watch us online or whatever the case may be, we, we're continuing to work through the book of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at Ephesians, and we've talked about this on Sunday mornings, the, the first three chapters of Ephesians are very theological. Yeah. And so we, we've been talking about just the nature of Christ and and his salvation, what that means for us as individuals and what it means for us as a family. That's kind of why we've called the series Connecting Faith to Family, because mm-hmm. because of Jesus, we're one in Christ. We've talked Amen. about it a good bit. And now we've kind of gotten to that section, second section of his letter where uh, it's more practical. Like, okay, here here's what you do, right? Because you know who you are in Christ. Here's how it should affect how you live every single day. And so this week, when we get to our, our message on Ephesians 4, 17 through 32, it's, it's really practical. Mm-hmm. And it's about living out that change that Christ has made in your life. So really, this podcast episode today is kind of, a, a in a sense, a preview. I'm, I want to give some details today that, that I'm just not going to be able to get into Sunday morning, mm-hmm. talk about some things about change that we're not going to spend time talking about this morning. So this, I think this is going to accompany what we're doing Sunday morning real well. So this will be a good podcast episode to listen to before. If you missed it this week and you're listening five weeks after the message, well, it's probably still helpful. We'll it see. will be helpful. Yeah. yeah Guarantee yeah. you. Yeah. Guaranteed. If you, if it is not helpful, they can get their money back. This is true. You'll write them a check. <laughs> we'll write them a check. Zero. Because yeah, I don't think it costs them anything. But anyway. Yeah, that's aggravating too. When you get a check from somebody for like 32 cents. You ever gotten those checks? Oh, I've gotten one for 17 cents. Yes. A bank did that one time. We're closing your account. Here's a here's a check for seventeen cents. I'm just thinking, what do I do with round this? Round it up to a dollar. I'm, well, I'm just not going to the bank right. to cash just, this thing. I but bet anyway. nobody does, and they keep uh, anyway. On to <laughs> the seven ways. Seven ways uh, we experience right. change, or seven ways to experience change. Seven right? ways, and first one is this: know that change is fundamental to the Christian life. Yeah, we just talked about this. So, Second Corinthians five seventeen: that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Mm-hmm. You think about Romans chapter six, Romans chapter six, those first few verses, Paul talks about baptism and what it, what it symbolizes. Mm -hmm. It symbolizes, you know, death in Christ and newness in life. Right. And he, he says, you know, should you continue in sin? So grace may abound. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. God has been gracious to you. And because of his grace to you, you want to live a different way. And God has placed his spirit inside of you. We've seen this over and over again in Ephesians. God has placed his spirit inside of you to change you, to grow you, to make you more like his son. So we think about, you know, the ideas of, of justification, right? Mm-hmm. Justification is the idea of God has has declared something about you in Christ, that in Christ you've been declared innocent. You're not innocent, we know that, but God has declared you innocent. So you think about justification, and the other big word we use is what pops? Sanctification. sanctification. So sanctification is that lifelong, and that thinks that that's the key word, is mm-hmm. the lifelong process of God making you more like his son. That word sanctification comes from a Latin word, uh, sanctus, which is the Latin word for holy. Mm-hmm. And so this is what God does in your life, in my life. He, he Throughout the course of our lives, he is arranging our lives, he's working our lives in such a way to make us more like his son, to sanctify us, to make mm-hmm. us holy, right? And so that's fundamental. This is what God wants to do. And so the idea of, of I just need a savior to save me from my sins, to get me out of hell, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's more than that. Yeah, that's kind of foreign to what, yeah, what the Apostle yeah. Paul's saying yeah, and, I mean, and, and throughout the New Testament. No, God's creating a new people, exactly. a new people for his glory, a new people that will, will change the world mm-hmm. as they are changed by Christ, right? And so when you read the New Testament, I mean, it's full of this kind of language about you know, how to live as a new man and, and things to put away and things to put on and mm-hmm. flee this and, 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 and watch out for the enemy and because, because God really does want to change us, to grow us in Christ's likeness. It's a big deal. And that's not even a new concept. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah and Ezekiel talked about getting a new heart. Well, obviously, a new heart's going to drive us to do new things that we've never done before. So so, so you think about it, right, that that what God wants to do is he he wants to change us in such a way that he changes everything about us, which leads us right into the second way that we grow. And that is know that change takes uh, deepening in the gospel. Yeah. So there's got to be a motivation for change. Mm -hmm. Because I bet you a lot of us, want to change. And there are some of us that want to, you know, get rid of some bad habits. Oh yeah. You know, but what's the motivation for getting rid of that bad habit? What's the motivation for getting rid of that, that thing that, that is, um, you know, destroying your life. For example, um, you might have the bad habit of drinking, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, um, maybe for years you've just been kind of that, that, that drunk, you know, you come home in the evenings and, you, you drink a few beers to settle you down, and on the weekends, you, you drink more beers than you need to, yeah. and, all, and, and you know it's not good for you. And then you go to the doctor, and the doctor says what? If you don't stop drinking, mm. you're going to die, right? Your liver is Your getting liver pickled. Is getting, yeah, and so <laughs> so then you go to AA, and you're, you're able to kick the habit, yeah. right? What was the motivation for putting down uh, that alcohol? The motivation was a doctor said you're going to die. Health issue. It was a health issue, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but here's what happens, Pops, when, when, when the motivation is I don't want to die, what typically happens, or maybe not typically, but sometimes happens when, when you say, okay, I don't want to die, so I'm going I'm to stop this bad habit. What eventually happens after that? Well, a lot of times you get a different habit. You pick up another bad habit, yeah. right? You're just replacing one bad habit for the next. Mm-hmm. So, so you go from not drinking anymore to, well, I got to find something to fill that void that yeah. alcohol had put, uh, you know, had in my life. And so now you overeat or you, you know, or something else. And so sure. we, we, t- we tend to trade one vice for another vice mm-hmm. because what we don't deal with is we don't deal with the heart. Yeah, right. Exactly. What, what, what is, what is it in the heart that's causing you to want to have that alcohol or want to overeat or indulge in this other thing that you know that ultimately is not good for you. In fact, you know, in accordance with scripture, it's, it's sinful. Yes. What, what in the heart is causing you to commit that sin, right? And, and that's where, you know, we, we sometimes, we, we, need to con- we need to consider the, the sin, right? But consider what's at the heart of the sin that's causing you to sin. What's behind that sin? And so the solution to all sin is Jesus Christ, Amen. right? And so just knowing that, you know, if I'm going to take, if I'm going to change, it's not just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, kind of cold turkey it. I'm going to, you know, um, I'm just, I'm going to man up and I'm just going to get through this. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit, whatever. Yeah, whatever no, it is. No, the way we change is we we change through a greater understanding mm-hmm. of what Christ has done for us. It's, it's hard. The more I see it, and, and Paul's done this in Ephesians as we've studied through, he has tried to help us to understand how great the Father's love is for us, adopted into his family, right? You think about uh, the passage there we looked at a couple weeks ago where he talks about the height and depth and width and length of God's love. Mm-hmm. Paul has been trying to help us to see how much we are loved by God because the more we understand how loved we are by God, the more we want to respond to that love by living for 
him and his way, right? Yeah. And so, so the way to change is always deepening our understanding of the gospel, deepening our understanding of what Christ has done for us through his death and resurrection and what he continues to do, right? Just the idea that even now, if you're a follower of Jesus, that, that Christ is, is there in the presence of your heavenly father interceding for you. You have an advocate in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. His work in your life is not finished, right? And just knowing how, how immense God's love for you is and knowing how, how Christ just continually works in your life. We want that to be the motivation for change, Mm -hmm. right? It's a matter of, 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 of not just getting rid of something for the sake of getting rid of something so that I I won't have to experience a consequence for keeping on doing that. It's a matter of my heart desires are changing because I understand what I understand God's heart's desire for me, right? It's not that you can't change other ways because there are ways to change without Absolutely. Christ. Absolutely. It happens every day. But I believe it's the most effective and most long lasting way is to have a change of heart. Right. And to let Christ take over. And well, because that, that's, that's you know, that makes the difference. Yeah, that's ultimately what God is after, right? I mean, mm-hmm. God certainly wants you to put away the alcohol or put away the lust and all those things mm-hmm. and and that's part of it. But God wants to change your heart so that that's you don't right. long for those things. Yeah. I mean, you can put away the alcohol and still long for it. Mm-hmm. You can put away, you know, the adultery yeah, know and, still lo- and still yeah. lust. You can put away the, the sins, but still long for those sins, exactly. right? God wants to do a work inside where you don't even long for those things anymore, that you want something different. Mm-hmm. You want him, right? And so that that is that change takes place as you grow in your understanding of what Christ has done for you. It is gospel motivated, Amen. right? Rather than consequence motivated. And, you know, this idea of I, I just got to stop doing this so I won't face the bad consequences. Amen. Number three, know that change takes Two things, humility and confession. Yeah, and so this is probably, this might be, I don't know, if I were to guess, one of the top five, if not number one reasons why we don't change. Because mm. we're just so stinking prideful. Yeah. You know? We don't think we need to. I we don't think need we to. Get I, through I'm, it, doing fine. You know? I'm doing just fine, yeah. right? I'm, I'm, you know, I might drink a few, little bit here and there, but I'm, it's not that bad. I might, you know, lust a little bit, but it's not that bad. I might, whatever it is, I, you know, my vice, it's just my bad habit, but I mean, it's not that bad. And so, so our pride keeps us from admit, admitting it's a how guilty bad pleasure. Our, that's yeah, the other it's one, a yeah. guilty pleasure, yeah. whatever the case may be. I yeah. just enjoy it every now and then our pride keeps us from admitting just how, you know, badly sin is affecting our lives. Mm. Right. We don't want to, that's pride. But so, 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 so change, it really does take humility is saying, okay, I know that this guilty pleasure, mm. it dishonors the Lord. Even if I only indulge in this guilty pleasure once a month or what, it, it dishonors the Lord, yeah. right? I know that my mind continually going to, to these things that are sinful, it dishonors the Lord. I know it is. And so I need to have the humility enough to say, okay, God, this is a problem. Mm. And I need to confess that. You think about confessing it to the Lord, obviously, but but James talks about what in James chapter five, confessing our sins to one another. Uh, yeah, there's that doesn't mean we, yeah, yeah. That yeah. doesn't mean you stand on a stage and on church on Sunday morning and tell everybody all your you know dirty deep, laundry, yeah, dark dirty secrets. Yeah. But it does mean in healthy discipling, mm-hmm. accountable relationships, you, you say, hey, I'm struggling. Mm. I need prayer. I need help because I, I I want my heart to be changed. You see what I'm saying? It takes and, humility and confession. And in our discipleship group, um, it has happened where, you know, everybody looks like everybody's got it together when they're in discipleship. They've done their Bible study. You know, they've done everything. Yeah. But then we come to prayer time. Yeah. Usually it always yeah. happens in prayer time. How you, how you guys doing? What can we pray for? And they say, well, I'm struggling here. Yeah, because you know? the reality is nobody has it all together. Of course not. Yeah. And if somebody tells you they do, they're lying. <laughs> 
They've got a heart problem there because they are lying through their teeth. We all have our our sin issues that we're working through. Mm-hmm. We are all in the process of sanctification, and you know that, that's that's what's so unfortunate about. Uh, the body of Christ mm-hmm. is that, you know, there's a tendency to be a lot of judgmentalism, mm. which makes us not want to be open and honest and talk about our need for Christ to do a work in us because we're afraid if I confess to my brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. you know, this area in which I'm struggling, they're going to condemn me. Yeah, they're going to think whatever about me, you know? Paul covered that in Romans. He yeah. said, you who judge yeah. are actually doing the same things. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it might not be. Well, he covers be, it in all kinds of yeah, places. There yeah. in Galatians chapter 6, mm-hmm. right, where he talks about, man, if your brother sins, restore him gently, Amen. bear his burdens. Amen. And so there's just this idea in the New Testament that, you know, um, the body of Christ is a safe place mm-hmm. for us to grow, that that we are going to confess our sins to one another and help each other. And, man, the, the body of Christ, I think, in large part is missing that. Yeah. The Bible is a book of restoration it over is. and over again. We, it we, is. You know, there's a meme about all the different fathers, you know, Abraham, Isaac, uh, David, all of them, you know, I yeah. did this, yet God used me. I did this. And because God, did, he didn't leave them like he was, and that's where the change comes yeah. in, but he was willing to restore them. He was saying, yeah. I've got, a, I got something else for you to do. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, number, uh, let's see, we're on number four. It Know that change takes time. Doesn't it happen does. overnight, does it? You know, we've probably heard some stories where it did. Yeah. You know, I, I know some 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 people who have trusted Christ and immediately they put down, you know, one of their sinful behaviors. Happened right? to me. Happened right? to me. Yeah, yeah, so those stories do happen. You you hear the story of that guy who came to Christ and, and all of a sudden he had no desire anymore for the alcohol right. or for the whatever it was, right? Uh, that, that desire was gone, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes those changes do happen radically. And praise the Lord for that. Amen. But, but most often they don't yeah, because change is a process, mm-hmm. right? That, that, that in the moment you were saved, right? Uh, you, you were declared righteous, innocent before God. And in the moment you were saved, you were given a new nature. But even though you've been given a new nature, you still live in a broken, fallen world, mm-hmm. right? Sin has not been eradicated from this world. It is still there. There's still an right. enemy uh, that wants to um, attack you, and you are still wrestling with your sinful flesh. You have a new yeah. nature, but that flesh is still sinful and fallen. So th- so there really is that war that goes on within you. And so just knowing that change can happen, and it mm-hmm. will happen. I mean, we, we believe that God is faithful to change us, that, that, that sin you're struggling with today you know, five years from now, you, you don't have to be struggling. That's with right. God can give That's you right. real victory in that area. But just know it's going to take some time. Yeah, don't get it. there's going to be ups and downs along the way. Yeah, and I, and I would say that a part of that is not giving up. Not giving up. You know, you say, oh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, that yeah. happened, you know, that, that happened five five months ago, and yeah. I'm still struggling. Well, yeah, it's you didn't get into it in five months, and you're not going to get out of it right. five months. And I think so. that's, what we, that's what we all want, because, because we live in a culture uh, of instant fixes. Mm-hmm. Right? We want everything now, but spiritual growth is not that way. Sanctification is a lifelong process. You will not be perfected until you leave this earth and step into the presence of God, right? It just takes time. And so just understanding that and not giving up in the process and, and being patient and, and, and then that just leads right into the next one, right? Yes. Which is number five. Know that change takes consistency because you're going to fall down. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to see some victory. Mm Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that temptation is going to be overwhelming and right. you're going to give in. Yeah. And, and when you give in, there's a temptation to what? To continue to give in. Well, I mess this up. I'm just never going to be able to overcome this. And then you so use, that, go. Right. You you use go. that as an excuse mm-hmm. 
uh, for 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 not growing spiritually, and you continue to walk in that sin. But 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 the reality is is that change takes place when you understand it takes time. Eugene Peterson, he he's a Christian author. Well, he he he's gone to be with the Lord now, but he he used to say that that spiritual growth it is it is you know, long obedience in the same direction. Yeah. I love that quote. Just it's, 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 it's lifetime. It's just day after day moving in the same direction, mm-hmm. day after day moving in the same direction, knowing that some days are going to be, um, you know, you're going to be more victorious than other days. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just a long obedience in the same direction. Right. But that long obedience in the same direction takes what you walking in the same direction. It takes that consistency that, okay, I know tomorrow I might fall down. I know that six months from now I might fall down, but when I fall down, I'm going to humbly confess it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to acknowledge it. Uh, and I'm going to get back up and I'm going to get back after it. It's consistency. You know, I, I've always explained it, the idea of, of going down a road and going in a ditch with the yeah. car. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you ditch, your car's in the ditch, so you might as well just leave it there. Right, right. Don't call a tow truck. Don't try to get some friends with a tow strap. Just just leave it there. Yeah. And yet we see Christians do the same thing with their lives. Yeah. Well, I'm in a ditch, so I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that's, you know, we got to get out. We got to keep moving that's forward. Right. So that we were already talking about, but that leads us right into the next one, right? And that's number six, which is know that change takes getting back up it takes consistency. I'm going to be after it every day. It takes getting back up that when I fall down, I'm going to, to, to rise up and continue going on. And, and let's go ahead and hit the last one. Number seven, know that change takes a team. It really does take a team. We talk about this all the time, pops, because we know that it is so important to our mm-hmm. Christian faith that that real change happens in the life. And that's what's so interesting. We're going to talk about it Sunday in great detail. You know, when we looked at Ephesians chapter four, verses one through 16, Paul talked about how we have all been spiritually gifted by God. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Paul talks about the, the spiritual leaders of the church, pastors, teachers, elders are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and how the church works best. When, when, when we're all doing our part, we're all ministering and contributing rather than consuming. Right. right. We talked about that Sunday morning. Right. What's interesting is right after this passage, we just talked about Sunday morning, the passage we're talking about, this coming up Sunday, it talks about, um, you know, how we all need to grow in Christ together. Amen. Right? So, so, so yes, we need to serve together, but it's just as important, if not more important, that we actually grow in Christ's likeness together. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can serve the Lord, right, without being focused on your heart. Oh, and sure. the work that God wants to do in your heart. We've right? seen it way too many times. Yeah, and so what the, what the church needs is not only people who are serving. The church needs people who are growing mm-hmm. in Christ, right? Because God does his best work through us when we're allowing him to do a work in us. Right? Exactly. Makes sense? And so, so this idea that, man, as a church, we need to be much more urgent in our pursuit of godliness. Mm-hmm. We need to have the tough conversations about what sin is. Mm-hmm. And we need to have the conversations about, okay, how, how do we overcome sin? We need to have the, the honest conversations about here's where I struggle. And it needs to be done in the community where that, there is that accountability, which also means we need to learn how to look at people with the eyes of Christ with much grace instead of being judgmental. Because all this, all this growth that we're talking about, this change, it really is supposed to happen with in the community where you have a, a group of people, mm-hmm. followers of Jesus who are, who are urging you on and helping you to press on your faith, where you are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that you look to. I mean, that's what's supposed to happen. This is supposed to happen in the context of community. That's mm-hmm. why 
your involvement in the local church is so important. And if you're not involved in the local church, it is likely that you're going to find yourself slipping uh, in your faith more often than not. And in ways that you don't know. That's right. You know, when you're in a, you're in a group of uh, what I call spiritual fellowship, which we call life connection groups yep. here at Northwood, you're able to help each other. You see somebody slipping or you see somebody not moving along. You know, they've, they've become stagnant, those right. kind of things. You know, you're able to encourage them. But if they're not there and they're not a part, it's very difficult on text or by phone or email or even going to visit them to even try to get them to understand where they are yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah. And so, you know, as a life, as a life connection uh, pastor, it's very, I, I'm always concerned when people say all of a sudden they've been coming to life connection group. All of a sudden they drop off. Yeah. Yeah. Something's wrong. Yeah. And unfortunately when our life connection group leaders get in touch with them, they pretty much say, well, I'm just not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. It's too, you know, typically that means they feel too much pressure to change. Yeah. And that's right. The and, conviction's there and they yeah. want to, Ignore it rather than deal with it. But when, and that goes back to the pride issue. Yeah, and when that time comes, that's when you need, that's when you buckle down. What do we say about um, being consistent? Yeah, and, and, you know, just, I mean, sometimes you just have to time. go. Right. You right. have to be a part that's and right. say, okay, God, I know this is uncomfortable, but I got to move forward. That's right. And that's this right. is the way it's going to happen. That's right. That's right. God wants to change you. Mm-hmm. For you, it is that 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 idea of you're listening of being consistent in your faith, mm-hmm. knowing that change takes time, but submitting, but still submitting to the process that God wants to take you through to grow you. Amen. And that change is going to happen when we uh, allow God to work in and yeah. through our heart, yeah. Yeah. and we see what happens, and we we begin the process moving with God's people yeah. to move forward. Because ultimately, God is in charge of your spiritual growth, and He works in you as you cooperate with his work. Okay, so somebody's out there right now, Pastor, and they're saying, you know, I really do want to change. Where do I get started? How yeah. do they, where, where do they make the first step to say, okay, that's what I need yeah. to do? The first step is always coming before God and confessing. Okay. It's always humility, right? Yeah. And it's being open and honest. I mean, it, it is like David said in Psalm 139, search me, test me. Yes. Show me in me. What, what areas need to be lead, led to the way of everlasting, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so it, is, it is being open and honest for God. God, here, here's the real issue. This is where I need help, right? And, and, and just being honest before God and then being honest before someone that you trust. Amen. Because Amen. here's what I found over years, Pops. Um, you know, that, that layer of accountability, mm-hmm. that, that if you're not willing to, to be open and honest with somebody that you trust, yeah, right, then you're likely never going to change. Yeah, you're right. Because you have no, you have no one hold, holding you accountable for it. Exactly. And you're just going to fall back into it. You're going to be so the same opening, person. Open and honest with God and then open and honest with a believer that you trust who you know will help you and pray for you and encourage you through Amen. the process. Well, Pastor, this has been great, and I hope it, it really helps people as we hear the message this week. So as we get ready for that, why don't you close us out? All right. We do hope that today's episode has been helpful for you. And if it has been helpful for you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us to get word out about the podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.